Okay, guys, let's begin. Um, what's uh, okay, what's, uh, what I wanted to do, what I wanted to look at was, um, was to look at some, something in the parsha which kind of like is a bit strange because we don't really get it often. We don't really understand it. We're not really engaged with it. But in it, we'll see that there's, there's a lot to speak about um, because it, it, it has its relevance and we can find relevance in it in, in some way. So what uh, I'd like you please to go to is, um, if you've got a Chumash in front of you, is to go to, to um, Dvarim 18.9. Um, 18, so that's Dvarim chapter 18, verse number 9. And there, so the Torah says there, Ki atava says, when you come into the land which HaKadosh Baruch has given you, you shouldn't, it's like, don't teach yourselves to do like the to'avot, like the despicable things that, uh, that, the, um, that, that the nations that are living there do. So Rashi says, what does it mean that you shouldn't do that? Um, and Rashi says, um, Sorry. So Rashi says, Rashi says that what you can do, you can't do to learn to learn to do to do what they do, but what you should try and do is you should try and do to lahavin, learn lahavin, to understand lahorot and to teach. To what does that mean? Klomar means to me to lahavin maasem kamahem makulkalim to understand how how completely warped. Their, their actions are the things that the goyim in the land are doing. And then to teach your children, because that's, that's the way the goyim do it. So now that's interesting because what, uh, thank you, Lon, because what, um, what, Rashi is, what Rashi is presenting is, that, uh, is an interesting idea. He's saying that when you get into a place where there, is, there are values that are not familiar, where there are practices which are not familiar with yours, then what we should do is um, not just divorce oneself from them totally. Because divorcing from them totally seems to be, at least according to what Rashi is saying, is that um, when you divorce from them totally and you don't have any understanding of them, then it's, it's very difficult then to come back to one's children and start explaining to them what the issues are. Um, and that's really ultimately what it's about. We have the concept of Shema, Vashinantam Levanecho Dibartabam, that there you've, in, in, in the Shema we're taught that you have to teach your children, you have to teach your children Torah. Um, and here we have another injunction, according to Rashi at least, which is the teaching is not only that which is what we have to do, but also that which we have to be aware of, and which we have to be careful of, which we have to be cautious of, that that could impact on the way that we, ha- that we engage with one another, with our Vodas Hashem and everything like that. And I think that that is a, a very important lesson for us, that... Um, you know, we have this pasuk in we 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 we, uh, we sing it. Sul meirav asetov bakeshanov veradfehu. We speak about the mia ishav chofetz chaim. Who's the person who's chofetz chaim? And that's where the word comes from chofetz chaim for the book, right? Mia ishav chofetz chaim. Who's the one who desires life or he yamim lirotov who loves the days to see only good, right? Sul meirav asetov. Remove yourself from from. Um, from the bad, and do good, and then, uh, and then seek, seek the good things. But the point there is that 
there's a sur meirah and an asay tov. Is that in order for us to be able to vishinantam levanecha, to be able to teach our children, we have to understand what the ra is, that which is the good part. We have to understand what the ra is, what the negative part is, in order to know what to be, be wary of. And I think that's what that Rashi is telling us. When we get to a place where, um, or a space in life where there are challenges, what we need to understand is what those challenges are, number one. And then it's only once we understand what those challenges are and what, what people are doing, um, and it doesn't say, and Rashi, the way Rashi presents it is Klamar lahavin ma'asehem, to understand the, what they do, right? To understand how bad those things are. What really is the negative impact of those things? Only when we understand that are we able then to present that to our children in a, um, in a profound way. The Rabbeinu Bachaya says the following. It says, it's permitted to study and investigate the abominations practiced by, by these pagan nations. One may even teach the subject matter we find that the elders of the Supreme Court, the Sanhedrin, had to be familiar with all of these abominations, even with witchcraft, because how else could they have been able to convict people of practicing these arts of wrongdoing? The lack of knowledge of even a single such discipline would disqualify the elders from judging such a case. In order for us to disqualify something, we need to understand what it is. Um, and we'll see why that becomes so important, because often what could happen is that while we're trying to understand that which we're, uh, which we're teaching, <laughs> we, could, we could get sucked into that. And so therefore we have to understand that what is happening here is that, is that the Torah is, is, is just starting with that point of understanding. And then it's going to show us where we have to be weary and ultimately the, the goal of what we're trying to achieve. So it comes along the, um, um, the, the Natsiv on the same Pasuk. And the Natsiv says that... Um, we have to understand that, that concerning Eretz Yisrael, we understand that Eretz Yisrael, because this is talking about specifically Qatar by El Eretz, we're coming to the land, right? We need to understand that this is not, that this exhortation that the Torah is now going to give us, which is about uh, witchcraft and kishuf, which is magic and all different types of strange practices, that is, is not, it's, this isn't the, 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 the Isur of it, this is the Isur of it specifically in Eretz Israel, because Eretz Israel is a much more um, sensitive place. It's a, much, it's a place which, um, which doesn't tolerate, uh, call it in, in vertical impurity in any way. And so therefore, bringing these kind of practices into Eretz Israel makes it much more um, tenuous for us in our, in our relationship with, with the land of Israel. The Pasuk then continues... The next Pasuk, Pasuk Yud, says, Lo that you cannot be found amongst you, amongst you, amongst, amongst the, those people that are of, of Am Yisrael or in Eretz Yisrael, Ma'avir a person who would um, make their, their son or their daughter pass through fire, we'll see what that means, Kosem Ksamim, Mo'nein Menachesh Machashev, all different types of witchcraft. So comes along Rashi and says, Rashi, what does it mean passing them through fire? Says this is the way they used to worship this um, one Avoid Zorah called Molech. What would they do is they would make two fires, one on the one side, one on the other side, and they would pass their children through them. And you're not burning the children, but there's some type of like fire worship happening that uh, that would happen. What does it mean Kosem Samim? Somebody who does type of like divination. Rashi says, what does it mean? Says a person who says. Uh, the way Rashi presents it, a guy will take his staff and he'll like consult his staff and say, should I go or should I not go? Um, and it's, it's all like, you know, 
uh, like, like you see those guys on uh, on YouTube or whatever, you know, like these these um, these healers, and they like go into these states and trances, all those kinds of things. That's what we're talking about. People who do strange but strange things that are not real, but they use it because the um, the eye gets caught in by all these strange practices, and then uh, and we're not allowed to do that. Okay, we're not allowed to engage in that. The um, what is a Mo'onain? Mo'onain Rashi tells us also one of these types of divination, one of these types of uh, of uh, magic of some sort. He says a person who uh, who deceives people with optical deception, you know, like sleight of hand or other things like that, where people get so entranced by what's going on that they think that it's it's real magic. And a menachesh uh, is a person who will say, you know, um, you know, like, like it's, it's it's kind of like that thing. If you don't let a black cat cross your path, if a black cat crosses your path, then you're going to say, oh, this is going bad. Things are going to happen. Someone who's involved in those kind of like strange, um, what do you call them? Um, superstitions. Superstitions. That's the word. Thank you. Strange superstitions. <laughs> so that's the that's the kind of stuff that we've got to be very be careful not to be involved in. Now it's fascinating that the Torah has to tell us that. Just by the way. Like, why is the Torah? Surely, it's a load of nonsense. You know, like, if you walk under a ladder, why are you going to have bad luck? Well, you're not. Maybe someone will drop something on you. You know, that's okay. And if a black cat walks in your path, why should there be bad? It it doesn't make any sense. There's no logical sense to any of that. Um, But nonetheless, we sometimes desire to find signs and symbols and reasons in everything. And since we like to do that, we... um, it, it helps us kind of to, to, to connect with what's going on around us. So the Torah says that no, you can't do that. You can't be involved in those kind of things um, because that's, that's an issue in the Torah. The, the Rabbein of Achaya, um, he's got a, a lot of different understandings of, of how these things work out. One of the things he says here, he, he says the Menachesh, the one who per, interprets these signs, he says such as one, sorry, if one's bread fell out of one's mouth, what does this portend? If a deer crosses your path, what does it signify? Some explain the word to mean that such people look at birds and their wings or try to interpret the twittering of the birds. They believe that when Kohelet speaks about, Kohelet in, in, in chapter 10 in Kohelet, he says, for a bird of the sky may carry the sound and some winged creatures may betray the matter. Right? That Shlomo, he, the people say that Shlomo spoke of people who could interpret the movements of the birds and divine their message. But that's not what Shlomo Melech was talking about. There's a whole different discussion on that. But that's not what he was talking about. But people, when they take like a, uh, a very shut, a very simple explanation of Psukim and make it into something that suits what they want to happen, those are people we have to be, be aware of. And we must be aware not to get in, um, totally uh, pulled in by all those things. Later on, the Rabbeinu Bechaya also speaks about uh, a machashef, a person who's involved in sorcery, you know, like the, <laughs> the, the, the horoscopes on the back of the, of the newspaper. All those kind of things one has to be very, very aware of. There's something fascinating that he brings. He brings a, um, a book called the Sefer HaLevana. The Sefer HaLevana was published by the Bergamantia, and uh, there they explained the relevance of astrology. Um, and he said the following. According to them, the, the, uh, the, the, Sef, the Sefer Alavana, he says that when the moon faces in a certain direction, our undertakings prosper. Whereas when the moon faces in a different direction, similar undertakings commenced at that time fail. 
then this is not a proof of the independent power of the moon to influence events on the earth, but reflects the indirect guidance of God of events. And there's a whole spiel that they go on about how to do all these things. One of the things that he quotes of the, um, of the, uh, the Sefer Gamancia is that what they suggested, that, um, that when a person feels that uh, if someone is interested in attracting to himself the spiritual influence exerted by the planet Saturn, why is that such an important thing? Because that's the planet, according to astrology, which exercises its domain on Shabbos. Then he says the following. Now listen carefully what he says. This is according to the Sefer Bergamantia, that uh, one should eat a minimal amount of meat, diet very frugally, abstain from marital relations, wear black garments, construct a picture of a lion made out of copper, and at the hour when the constellation of Saturn and that of the lamb intersect, he should slaughter a cat. Okay, and please don't do any of that. And if he then approaches that idol and serves it and consults it concerning his future, he'll be given the information that he wants. So that is according to the Sefer Bergamantia. So now, says the Rabbeinu Bechaya, is that obviously the Torah is, worried, is concerned about our welfare okay, and our well-being. And since the Torah is concerned about our welfare and our well-being, it goes totally against this uh, Sefer Bergamantia that quotes this letter of Galinus who said that, because we have the complete opposite of what it says. Because on Shabbos, what are we supposed to do? On Shabbos, we eat meat, and we drink wine, and we dress in our best clothes. We have uh, marital relations, it's a mitzvah on the night. It, we, we call Shabbos onek. We have to try and enjoy it. In other words, what he's saying is that our engagement with, um, with, with, with special days is not a time of being depressed but rather a time of being happy. It's not a time of saying, oh, maybe there's specific times that you have to be careful of, but rather understanding that um, through the performance of mitzvot, we get a sense of simcha, we get a sense of joy, and therefore we don't have to worry about what all the different uh, constellations, whatever they are in, because our relationship is a direct relationship with our Kaddish Baruch Hu. Um, comes along the Natsiv, and the Natsiv says that at the end of the day, we, we shouldn't allow those kind of behaviors to exist within Am Yisrael because when they exist within Am Yisrael, there is a temptation of people to go and engage with them. So, you know, like there's uh, um, like sidekicks and all those kind of things. It's not appropriate, says the Nativ, that in Eretz Yisrael at least, that they, sh- that they should um, be present uh, because, the, uh, because of the easy way of engagement it will, uh, it will be negative. Okay, I don't want to try to get to a point here. The next passage says, Also different types of people, people who bring animals together, the way Rashi explains it, or sorcery, um, like the way they can erase corpses from, from, from the dead, um, and, uh, and uh, people who do strange things, um, where they, they put bones in their mouths and they speak the ways of sorcery. That's the way Rashi explains it. Okay. Um, why must you not do this? And now this is where we're going to get now to the Untus Tashura. So Rashi, the, the, the Torah says in Devarim Yudchet Yudbet, in eight, uh, chapter 18, verse 12, why? These things are a total abomination to Hashem. And because of these things, because of these things, 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't like these things at all. And if these things, then what is going to happen? HaKadosh Baruch Hu, because of these things, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, dip, is, is getting rid of the nations, of the, of the, uh, the seven nations of, of, uh, of Canaan that live in the land of Israel because the land doesn't tolerate those things. They're completely to, a complete to over an abomination to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore Hashem doesn't want them to be within the land of Israel. Um, the the Natsiv says that often we think that we have a certain level of value of values and we have to maintain our values but let anybody else do whatever they want and the Natsiv says because of this because it's such an abomination to HaKadosh Baruch Hu the reality is Hashem doesn't even want it to be amongst the idol worshippers amongst the non-Jewish world as well it's not only a value for us it's a value <laughs> it's a simple value in a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu that all this, this strange magic and all this nonsense and, and negative stuff that's going to um, somehow impact negatively on our children all of those things are something that Hashem doesn't want at all and because of that, right, HaKadosh um, Baruch Hu gets rid of them out of Eretz, out of, out of Eretz Israel, which is their homeland. And we understand in the world that we live in the importance of people's homelands. You know, and and that throughout, throughout history, there have always been nations that have been um, kicked out of, their, out of their lands. And uh, some of them have come back and some of them haven't. We, as Am Yisrael, understand the importance of a homeland. But part of, part of being kicked into exile is... Um, is the idea of, wow, something has to change. If I'm kicked into exile, it must mean that I'm not worthy of being in the place that I live and I need to go live and I have to, I'm being, I'm being sent somewhere else. And if that's the case, I have to change. So to HaKadosh Baruch Hu is giving the message to, um, to the nations of the world as well that the land of Israel, which was their homeland, is not a land that's going to tolerate their behavior and ideally for them to start changing that behavior as well. Now, why is that? Why is it so important for us? So forget about the nation of the world. We can't change anybody else. You know, there's a great story. I think it's uh, Rabbi Israel Salanta but, or the, or the, the Kotzka Rebbe. They all this tell about different people. But he said that he decided he was going to change the world. So he went out and he tried to change the world, but he couldn't change the world. So he said, okay, you know what I'll do? I'm going to change my, um, my country. But he couldn't change his country. He changed his city. He couldn't change his city. He said, I'll, I'll change my community. He couldn't change his community. So he said, well, I'll change my family. Couldn't change his family until what? He came. He said, oh, well, I better start changing myself. And once he changed himself, then he could change the world. And that's us as Am Israel. We also have that obligation to try and change the world. But the only way we can change the world is when we change ourselves, both on, on the individual level and the collective level. And how do we do that? How are we supposed to achieve that point of profound change? And that, I think, is what the next Pasuk is. And it's a Pasuk that everybody's, everybody's heard. It's a Pasuk we all know about. It's a concept that we find. But let's try and expand a little bit. Because the Pasuk says, in Dvarim Yudchet, chapter 18, Yud Gimel, verse number 13, Tamim tiyeh im Hashem elokecha. So the word Tamim um, is, a, uh, is a difficult word. Because the, we, we translate the word Tamim as... I mean, Rashi translated, the, the, the way they translate Rashi is wholeheartedly. But the word Tamim is, uh, comes from the same, the same Shoresh as the word Tam, right? Tam is the word that we use to describe who? One of the sons at the, at the, um, at the Seder, right? The four sons. 
There's the, there's the Chacham, there's the Rasha, there's the Tam, and there's only Yodah Elishor. So this Tam, which we always translate as being the simple one. And, uh, you know, this is one of my, one of my things that I, that, I, that, I, that I speak about. The, the, the concept of a Tam being the simple one is difficult. Because when we think simple, we think a little bit, uh, shall we say, intellectually challenged. That's what we think about when we think about simple. But the problem with that is that Yaakov Avinu, which I've said many times before, Yaakov Avinu is quoted by the Torah as being what? Ishtam Yoshev Alim. He's an Ishtam Yoshev Alim, which means he is the um, he is this man that is Tam. No, we can't call it simple now. Yoshev Alim is, is our father Yaakov. He's the father of the Jewish people. He was not in any way challenged in anything. Um, we know he wasn't physically challenged, emotionally challenged, intellectually challenged. He was the he was he is the perfect being. He's what uh, he is the he's the face of Yaakov sits on the Kisaya covered because he's the ultimate example of the perfect human being. Um, not Adam Arishon, Yaakov Avinu, because he's real. He's a, he's the he's the he's the product of a of a mother and a father of this world. And uh, nonetheless, he's still able to be this perfect being in, in terms of everything that he represents. But he's called an Ishtam. So what does the word tam mean? So the way that we can perhaps understand is, um, is the way Rashi presents it, and then we'll look at some others as well. Rashi says, what does it mean? Tamim Hashem You need to be tamim with Hashem. Walk with Hashem in, um, in, in integrity. And look to him. That so often we have to ask ourselves, where do we look to? Is that the right way of putting it? Where do we look to? What are we looking for for guidance? Or where do we look for guidance? Where do we look for chizuk? Where do we look for strength? So obviously we look to, to we look around us and we see people who do great things, and we say, well, that is something that I can be a, that I can use as an example of perhaps how I could behave, of how I could pull myself out of a negative moment. Uh, last night I interviewed Craig Nurwich and Kiki Marks as part of my personal journeys uh, series, and it was amazing what they, what they have been able to do to pull themselves up from certain spaces in their lives to be able to achieve great things, swimming the, the um, Robin Islands, swimming across the English Channel, overcoming sadness, overcoming despair. I mean, that's amazing what people can do. And we need to look to those people as examples of, where, of, of, of people who find strength. But what are we supposed to really ultimately hold on? What is the tmimut that we're supposed to get from? With HaKadosh Baruch Hu, And then he says, V'lo tachkor Achar ha'atidot. Don't look to um, psychics and people are telling you all about the future. What? Ella, why is that so? Because Ella kolmashi yavo alecha. Whatever comes to you, kabel bitvimut. Just accept wholeheartedly with integrity in terms of my relationship with Akkadish Baruch Hu. If I believe deeply that Akkadish Baruch Hu has got hashkocha pratis, has got a total um, overview of my life individually. So then, what do I need to worry about? What's going to happen in the future? Because everything our Kaddish Baruch Hu we say that whatever our Kaddish Baruch Hu does is in its essence for my good. If that's the case, so then what do I worry about the future? Because the future is a space that I cannot comprehend. But I need to worry about what's happening to me right now. When I engage with our Kaddish Baruch Hu in the present, 
then I'm with him. Ulechelko am I part of him? And I think that one of our biggest challenges today is um, is not being present. Um, I think some of us who are uh, who a little bit maybe over twenty <laughs> have have less problem with it. But like, you know, when you teach the kids and you have one at the school, or one has one's own children or grandchildren, and one sees that very often it's difficult for them to be in the present. One of the kids said to me today when I was teaching them, um, they couldn't get onto the Wi-Fi. Um, there was something wrong. So I, so I said to him, why do you need the Wi-Fi? You're going to break. He said, no, so we can, you know, we can sit on our phones. I said, so they know when, when I was at school, obviously. I really felt old. When I was at school, that, um, you know, I was, uh, I said, you know, I was at school for 12 years and I never had any Wi-Fi. And uh, we never had phones and we actually used to speak to each other. So he said to me, he says to me, yeah, but we speak to each other using our phones. So they're never really present in the moment. I remember many, many years ago, Rabbi Twersky told us a story about how he, um, he once went to one of these, uh, one of these spas and he was uh, in the spa and uh, he, was given, he was given a, uh, a special voucher by one of his congregants to have a, 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 one of those mud baths where you just sit on your own in the mud and do whatever you need to do for an hour. So he said he got into, he got into the mud and then while he's sitting there, all of a sudden, this person arrives that he really, really did not want to spend an hour with. And this person comes in and gets into the mud with him and stays with him for the, for the whole time, for an hour. While he's supposed to be having this mud, this person is present there the whole time. So like we were all thinking, you know, that's not, not, not such a great person. He says, and you know who that person was? It was me. Because sometimes we don't want to be in the present. Sometimes we don't even want to be present with ourselves because the things that come out in our present are sometimes the things that we don't want to really hear. But those are the realities of our world. And that's exactly what um, the Torah is telling us in, in, in some way is don't think about what's going to happen later. Don't think about what happened before. Just be present right now in our relationship with our Kodesh Baruch Hu. Because when we're in present in our relationship with our Kodesh Baruch Hu, then our neshamas are able to connect profoundly with our Kodesh Baruch Hu, and then we become part lechelko. We become a very big part of Him Himself, which is really what we're ultimately trying to achieve. The um, the Meishiloch says um, says the following: it says that adam oved Hashemit Barach, so that if a person serves Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and a person um, doesn't have any like, like wondrous expectations out of this. You just do it simply. Because the fact is, Hashem created us. And Hashem created us. Since Hashem created us, then we've got a, an obligation just to serve Hashem. As if that's the case, if we simply serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu out of a simple understanding that Hashem created us and therefore we have to serve Him, as Gam Hashem Itbarach Matmim Imor, then Hashem also is Matmim Imor. HaKadosh Baruch Hu then becomes kind of like at one or as, uh, as wholehearted with us as well. That when HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us all this incredible goodness and the brocha that He gives us, and this is a very interesting statement. He says, He does not um, take away 
from any of our schut, any of our merit, rak ka'av ben. It's just like a father to a child. So what does it mean that HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't take away from our merit? So we understand that, uh, that when a person, when, when, when a miracle happens to a person, when a person is in a certain situation and something miraculous happens to them. So let's say a person is driving down the road and is in an accident. They survive, everything, Baruch Hashem is okay. And at the end, of the, at the end, at the end uh, when, when everything's settled, they go and they make, they go bench gomel. So we bench gomel and we make this brocha. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu does good for me. And then everybody responds. Whoever, the one who does good for them should always do good for them. Why is that? Because we understand that when HaKadosh Baruch Hu does good for us, if we are not 100% deserving, in inverted commas, of that good, what it means is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu kind of like takes a little bit out of our, out of our, um, our credits. And the point is that what we're trying to do is trying to avoid having things taken out of our credits. You know, no one, no one will, uh, you know, gives a, ch- uh, you know, on a normal way of behaving. We, we don't give our children points and we say, oh, well, sorry? So we, so we, don't, we don't give our children, like, uh, points and then take away from them and then, uh, you know, like, not be nice to them. Um, you know, maybe they have to work towards a certain goal. Uh, but the, the point is that it's, we're, not talk, we're talking about general in life, not a specific goals. That we don't say, well, you know, you, you weren't nice to me yesterday, I'm not going to be nice to you. That's not how we, that's not how we deal with children. Um, we love our children. We are close to our children. We try and give them whatever we can within, in the appropriate um, ways to make sure that they don't feel spoiled. But the point is that if we behave with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, with, uh, with integrity, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu maintains the integrity of his relationship with us as well. And that's a very important part. Says the, the Natsif. Sorry, I just want to mute. Uh, so says the Natsif. Ma'ashatan itzrachladat. Says what you need to, need, what you need to know. Is targil atzmachal eilech betum. That we have to, ac- we have to accustom ourselves. Leilech betum. To walk in this. Um, in this way of, of integrity with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And before we go anywhere else, that's the fundamental part. Nobody says that it would be easy to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a, in a space of complete integrity. That comes along the Natsiv, and he says this in other places as well, is that part of our challenge in our lives is to find ways of accustoming ourselves to proper behavior. And it's never easy, you know, when, you, when, when any person's into, let's say, exercise, right? So when you start your exercise program, it's sore when you start. And you have to get into it. And slowly but surely we get into it. If we're going to go, we're gonna, we, we need to lose weight. We need to do anything. The same is true of spirituality. If we want to connect, we have to create habitual processes, which is what, um, what's really part of the, the, the avoider of going to, for a man, to go into shul, shachas min chamarif. Um, you know, when, when people say why women are not obligated in the uh, mitzvahs asay shazman grama, the positive mitzvahs that are bound by time, and they say because women are on a different level. Now, I don't know what that means. I'm sure it's true. Um, now, please don't, don't discount that. But I don't really know what it means. What does it mean that it's a different level? Does it mean that there is a much easier way for a woman 
um, to connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then there is for a man that a man has to accustom himself and put the structures up. I don't know. I don't, I really, I don't know. It could be. Um, just, a, just a point for discussion. If anybody would like to proffer some answer, I'd love to hear that. But what does he say? Accustom yourselves to walking in integrity with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And, um, and Hashem will do what is tov be'inav, and He'll do what is good in His eyes. And the Sifri says the following, What does it mean? HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, says, It's not that Hashem is telling us what we must do. Hashem is making us a promise. Hashem is saying to us that if we behave in the way that the Torah ascribes to us, then we'll understand that, that the consequence of that is that uh, we will have a very fine, very clear, very sensitive, and very integrous relationship with our Kaddish Baruch Hu. And when we have that relationship, then everything else starts unpacking itself. And I think that that is really the most important thing for us to understand, is that... Um, as we're now going now towards the, uh, the month of Elul, which will start, please God, on Thursday, and then into a new year, it's unbelievable that it's already Rosh Hashanah. Somebody remarked in the office yesterday, um, you know, we missed out the whole of winter. You know, we were in our homes, nobody had to go out in the freezing cold. So we've missed out six months of a, of, of, of a normal way we've been living our lives, but so it's Rosh Hashanah now. And if it's Rosh Hashanah now, it means that it's a time for us to really, what to say, to really go into deeply of how, we, how do we behave, how do we do things. And part of that, I think, um, I was discussing with Rabbi Weinberg yesterday, you know, the Rabbi Weinberg, Rabbi Levi Weinberg, is now the, now the Rosh Kolel. Um, and he was saying that one of the things that take away from Tamim Tiyem Hashem Lakecha, from our uh, ability to be at one in, in purity and, and in kind of wholeheartedness with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is our fear or, or, or our fears and our anxieties. And during this period of time, we all have fears and anxieties. We're terrified of what could happen. Somebody could get sick. And if they did get sick, what would happen? And uh, part of what we need to try and do is exactly what Rashi says. Rashi says, live in the present. Be careful. Do what, behave in the way we need to do in order for us to move away from these, 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 um, these feelings of, of fear, of anxiety, and whatever we have. Because those things take us away from a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. When we're not operating, just in a daily life, connecting to Hashem the way we should, so then that takes us away. So therefore, what we have to try and do during this time is alleviate those, um, those anxieties and those concerns in our lives and being tamim and Hashem How do we do that? As he says, the, um, the Rabbeinist from Chaya says that uh, that the more that a person brings himself closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Kein Zoycha Litgalut Or Hashem, Mibli Levushim, Shehem Gedarim V'Sayagim. says, the more we are able to be, strive to get Hashem, the more we Zoycha, we merit, Litgalot Or Hashem, that the light of Hashem is revealed to us, Mibli Levushim, without any clothes, without any impediments. Because those, the, the, the clothing of the Gedarim V'Sayagim, those are the walls, those are the things that keep, that, that, 
do not allow us to see our Kodesh Baruch Hu, keep Ora Barur, but in clear light. And the clear light is the, is the only way we can do that. Is what? Is Tamim Tiyem Hashem Lokecha. Focus on what it is to be connected to our Kodesh Baruch Hu. Focus on the present. Focus on where we are now. Not to worry about so many things. And I think worrying is one of our biggest issues in our world today. And Bezrat Hashem. Hashem should take off from all of us the worries that we have. Um, we should take off the, 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 the global worries and the individual worries. And please God, as we go into the new year, it should be a year which is, we've all been cleansed. And therefore, we can start anew in our relationship with our Kodesh Baruch Hu, our relationships with the people around us, and our relationships with ourselves. Have a beautiful week, everybody. God bless. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.